2 Peter chapter 2. I want you to open there. And then Jude verse number 6. There's just one chapter of Jude. I hope you know that. So if you're in the third chapter of Jude, you've got a really messed up Bible. All right. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And uh, that's the irredeemables right here. That's who they really are. And, though, and through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment, did you hear that? Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto, unto, all right. Now look at Jude verse number 6. Jude verse number 6. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. So today I want to just talk to you on this seventh judgment of God. And the title of my message is, When the Demons Are Done. When the, won't that be a great day? When the demons are done. Let's bow and ask for God's help today. Father, speak to us, touch us, help us. Teach us the word of God today. This is a sensitive subject. I know the devil hates it. I know every demon in hell hates it. And I pray, God, that you might send some angels to stand around outside and knock them down as they try to come in here and mess with us, mess with people's minds, mess with people's hearts. God, they've been in here too long. It's time that we quit letting the devil come in with us. And I pray, God, right now, that if the devil's in here with us, we'll repent of the sin that is giving him a place in our life so that we might hear the word of God. Now, give us a great day and a great invitation and a great night of praise tonight, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk about this, la this next to the last judgment on the agenda of God. And that is the judgment of the devil and his demons. It is very clear that's going to happen. There was a popular move a few years ago that uh, discredited the fact of a real devil. Many of our seminary students was graduating that did not believe in a real live devil. And even among Christians, there was a disbelief in demonic activity. But the days to which we live in now, you would almost have to be a Christian fool not to believe that there are demons active in our society. And so we're very, very aware that demons are real and that the devil is real in this day. Would you say that? Amen. Not only is the devil, but his imps and his disciples is very, very busy today. There's a reason for this. It is, the fact is, it's the sign of the last days. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1, and some things I hope you'll remember today because I'll not have time to go to every verse. But 1 Timothy 4, 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, but in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. 
And the Bible says they'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Devils in the King James Version means demons. And so in the last days, there's going to be seducing spirits and there's going to be the teachings of the demons. Where's that going to come from? Our seminaries, our high schools, our elementary schools, our pulpits, our Sunday schools, they're going to be seducing us with demonic doctrine. Now, I'm telling you, it's the last days. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 13 says, when he is talking that whole chapter about the last days, because verse number 1 of chapter 3 says he is, when you get to verse 13, he says, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Folks, I'm telling you, it's not going to get better. We're not going to make America great again. We might make it better than it is right now, but it's never going to be great again. You say, why? Because we stepped over a line and we've slaughtered babies by the thousands and we've married queers up and down as long as we can say we let them march in the streets with the filthiest, vulgarest things we can and God won't take it anymore. And I'm telling you, and I'm glad I'm one of them, we're going to go up. Thank God that's going to be good. But America will never be what it was. You mark it down. You say, why? Because the demons won't let it. Men will wax evil, and they'll get worse, and they'll get worse. Here's another reason that we're going to see these things coming. The devil and the demons were outraged when Jesus came the first time, remember? They were outraged. They tried to kill him. Tried everywhere in the world to kill baby Jesus. Herod tried to kill him. They went to Egypt and, and they brought him back and then they took him up to Nazareth so, uh, so he wouldn't be killed. Everybody was trying to kill Jesus. All the way from Genesis to the time that Jesus was born, the devil was trying to wipe out the seed so Jesus wouldn't be born. They hated him. And so... In Jesus' first coming, what did we see? An intensity of demonic activity. So, when it gets near his second coming, we're going to see an intensity of demonic activity. So, people's going to start coming out of the closet. The witches, the mediums, the occult, the supernatural criminal activity, uncontrollable people, entertainers who sing lyrics to the devil, demons, and worship him. And an agenda that is no longer hidden. They have stepped out publicly and said, we hate God, we hate the church, we hate Jesus, and we hate the Bible. And people are sitting there with their mouths dropped open like it's not even happening. And preachers have sat silent for 50 and 60 years and let it happen. And many of you went to the polls and voted for demons. And you didn't, have, you didn't even know it. But you voted, but you didn't pray about it. You didn't look at convictions in the Word of God. You didn't care what God said about it. You just went and voted, and you voted for a demon. I'm going to show you that in a few minutes. But let me show you another reason why it's going to be bad. Revelation 12, verse 12. Look what he said. I mean, listen, the, the, the old devil's mad. The devil's mad. Revelation 12, 12. Look what it said. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. 
Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. You see, folks, the devil is like a, I mean, he's like a wounded dog. You can't, he's trying to bite anything he can get around. Anything he can get close to, he's trying to bite because he knows he don't have long. He knows his days is numbered. He knows he's going to be finished at this judgment. And so, I also know that the demons know they're going to be judged. Matthew 8, verse number 29. You remember when Jesus cast the demons out of that guy nobody could take care of? Nobody, nobody could control him. The police couldn't put him in jail. State troopers couldn't run him down. Prisons couldn't hold him. Nobody could do anything with him. And Jesus set him free. And the demons cried out of that man, Don't send us there before the day. They knew. They knew. There was going to be a judgment. Y'all with me? Now, here's what I want you to look at. Number one, the fall. Two things we're going to see. Their first estate and their fatal mistake. All right? First of all, their first estate, Jude verse number six, talks about their first estate. Where was their first estate? Their first estate, y'all listening in the balcony, say amen up there. I don't want nobody in here saying nothing. Say amen up there. Y'all can do it. Amen. That's good. Listen. They, their first estate was with God. The demons and the devil's first estate. In other words, their first place of living, their first habitation, their first mansions, their first glorious lifestyle was with God. That's what the Bible says. That was their estate. Uh, you know, we talk about an estate as something, you know, huge today, something worthwhile. And so they was with God and they had been given an estate. That was their, where they were. In fact, at one time, they no once that bound in those, those demons that's bound in prison today, at one time their vile lips had sung praise to the name of Jesus. At one time they had worshiped before the throne. At one time, they had lifted their hands to Jesus Christ, saying, you are Lord of all. Their first habitation was with God. But Revelation chapter 12, verse number 4, tells us what happened. We've got a problem here. The devil decides he wants to be bigger than what he is. So verse 4 says, his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to earth, and the dragon, and if you'll read a little bit further in the passage, you'll find that the dragon is the devil, by the way. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, he's talking about the Jews. He's not talking about just baby Jesus here. He's talking about the Jews. And he stands there trying to exterminate them. All through their life, all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, we find that. So, in Isaiah 14, 12, the Bible says that the devil was fallen from heaven. From heaven. In fact, he was given a name, if you'll read that passage, if you'll read that passage in Isaiah, he was given a name that was real close to Jesus' name. You remember how the Bible says that Jesus is the day star from on high? 
He was named the Son of Light. Similar, a similar word when you put it in the, when you, when you swap it from the Greek to the Hebrew. It was a similar term. That's how, that's how esteemed he was to God. And so he fell from heaven. The other place we find that's in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 12 through 15. And there again we see where he fell from heaven. Now, no doubt Satan was chief over the created angels. I mean, Satan was the big dog among the angels. He was the big dog in heaven, and he became the big dog among the demons. No doubt God gave him to be the angelic ruler over Eden when Adam and Eve was created. I'm convinced of that. And I believe that Lucifer became Satan after man was created. You say, why? Because, listen, this place that God put Adam and Eve in was called Eden. Eden means a paradise. This was such a wonderful, glorious place. And now here's two people who walked with God every day, talked with God every day, loves God every day, worships God every day. And the devil said, I want this place, and I want them to worship me, and I want to take over God's place, and I'll overthrow him, and I'll be king of Eden. Well, that was a bad mistake. He fell from his first estate. Secondly, it was the fatal mistake. Satan misled one-third of all the angels to follow him. Now, we still out got him, we got him outnumbered two to one. That's good, right? But he talked one-third. He deceived them. He seduced them. That's why I say to you folks, don't you think you can't be seduced? Yes, sir, you'll believe something you thought you'd never believe. You'll do something you thought you'd never do. You'll think something you thought you'd never think. You know where it comes from? The evil one. And so look what he did. The Bible says that these third angel, the third of the angels followed him. So God cast them out. Jesus refers to it in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, where he sent the disciples out to heal and to preach, and to do miracles, and they come back all excited. Remember he sent them in pairs? They came back all excited, and, and, and they said, hey, Jesus, you, let me tell you all the stuff. So they was just, just bouncing up and down what, God, what, Jesus, what Jesus had done through them while they were gone. And they said, even the demons were subject to us. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Oh, uh, listen, folks, don't you rejoice in talking about the devil. You rejoice in talking about Jesus. The devil is damned. The devil is doomed. The devil will be destroyed, and Jesus will be exalted forever. And so his fatal mistake was 2 Peter 2, 4 said he sinned. That word means to miss the mark. In other words, he did not do what God had built him and created him to do. You didn't either. For we have all, what that word means is to take an arrow, pull it back, and miss the target. We've all done it, right? We've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. Well, 
Lucifer erred. And Lucifer had a greater privilege than we've ever had. He got to be in heaven. He got to be in paradise in Eden. And Jude, Jude says he kept not. And then Jude says he left. So it seems they erred in leaving the place that God had put them. God put them in a great habitation, in a great place, but they kept it not and they left it. Satan talked them into rebellion and trying to stop God's plan and take God's place. That's what he's trying to do. In fact, you'll find it in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 and 14, Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 16 and 17. You can see that God says of a devil there that you said in your heart. Before the devil ever rebelled, he said in his heart what he was going to do. You see, God hears your heart before you speak it. God hears your heart before you act upon it. God, I tell you what, I'm going to move my membership for that church because I don't like it. God just heard you. He just heard you. And some of you are going to regret some of that mess you said in your heart one of these days because God can hear what you think. He can hear the thoughts of your heart. He can hear the motives of your mind. And so he knew what devil was going to do because God always knows everything, right? And so pride lifted the devil up and he fell and he carried a host with him. That's why 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6 says that we are not to ordain a, a, a preacher that is a novice. You know why? This is what it says about Shane. Lest he fall into the hands of the devil. See, what happens, a young preacher, people brags on him. Be careful bragging on our young guys here. We got some great young preachers coming up here, but they don't need you, they don't need you stroking them. They need you praying for them. They don't need you telling them how great they are and how great they're going to be because next thing they know, the devil will get in that and he'll start telling them how good they are and how great they're going to be. And before long, they will have fallen into the condemnation of the devil. That's why the Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man. You don't ordain somebody quickly. You do it slowly. You don't put your hands on somebody. And only the local church knows that person. So only the local church has the authority to ordain them. Because if they don't, someone who don't know them lays hands on them and gives place to the devil. So he says, be careful. Pride will get you in trouble because that's what got the devil kicked out of heaven. Remember that. I love our young preacher boys. And every time they come set in my office, they'll tell you, don't you ever get lifted up. Don't you think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Because I said, God's got other preachers. God's got other people. God's got other men of God. He don't have to use you. He wants to, but he don't have to. Okay, I, I did that one in my sermon, but I thought I'd throw it in there. So it says they were bound under darkness. What does that mean? No doubt one of the reasons Satan hates men so is that Men is created in whose image? So why wouldn't he hate us? Because we're created in the one he hates. Well, he can't get God 
So he gets the ones he created. He goes after us because we're created in the image of the one he hates, which is God, the one he rebelled against. The one he, and so the Bible says in Jude 6, not only do we see the fact that they're fall, but we see their fetters. They were reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. I tend to believe that God is saying that they are chained under darkness. In other words, they are under the dark one. They are under the slave of the devil. They're under darkness. He has the authority over the demons. And so they become his pawns and his imps forever. So at the judgment, these demons is going to be equal with the devil in judgment. None of them will be separate. They'll be equal in judgment. Now, 2 Peter 2, verse number 4, uses a word that is a word not used a great deal in the Bible. Do you see the word hell there? You see the word hell, H-E-L-L? I know you know how to spell it because I've heard some of you say it. (laughs) H-E-L-L. Hell can mean several things. But the word for hell here does not mean Hades or the place of the dead. It is the word Tartarus, which means the dark place, the prison place. That's what he means. Tartarus is a prison. They're in prison. Now, I'm not sure as to all the meaning here, but I believe some of the demons are bound under the command of the devil in prison, and others are bound in the abyss, which I believe is in the center of the earth, are imprisoned, and they're only used for a certain time necessary in this world. You say, how can you get that? Because Revelation chapter 9, verses 13 and 15 says that God has some demons bound in the Euphrates. And he is going. We stood and looked over the Jezreel Valley just last week, week before last. And I stood at Megiddo and I preached. And and I I told them, I said, one of these days, they're going to come from this way. Why? Because God's going to dry up the Euphrates River and all the Oriental people and all of the Arab people, they can come heading toward the valley of Jezreel. And he's going to mess up the north and down comes Russia and all of the northern countries. Here they come. And he's going to be off down there trying to put out a fire down in Africa. And he's going to hear the Antichrist. He's going to hear what's going on and so he heads back up there and then that crowd down there heads up there and all four of them meet in the middle and about that time Jesus shows up riding on his white horse you say well people won't be riding horses we're too high tech now you read the Bible by the time the tribulation period's over we may be throwing rocks at each other that may be the best thing we got and we're in the best state to do it in amen so you lost people. If you're here lost, you got the best chance. Pick up your rock. Let them have it. But you see, I believe primitive weapons will be used in the last days. I believe Jesus will ride a white horse. You say, why, why don't he come on a tank? Because there won't be any. They done fell through the ground. 
they done been exploded. They don't, none of them works. Everything about, there's only about a third of the world still left. And now here they gather in the, battle of, in the valley of Armageddon, and the Bible says the people who dries up that Euphrates is four demons. And those demons go forth through the earth and convince the kings of the nations to come there. That's why I say, you may have voted for a demon. God tells us Satan has a whole host under his command. But not one time does God ever describe the devil apart from nations. If you want to know any explanation about the devil. Now, he mentions the devil, talks about the devil in the New Testament. But where he's really described what we really know about the devil, we know about him through him in somebody. And who was he in? The king of Tyrus. That's how we find out. Folks, do you think these nations are going to gather in the valley of Jezreel on their own? The greatest battlefield in the world? No way. I'll tell you, demons seduce them to come there. And that's why their leaders get together and they all go toward Israel. They hate that woman that bore that child that became our Messiah and died on Calvary. So God tells us Satan... What do we do? Ephesians 6, 11 says we're to do something about it. We, we got to help ourselves here. Y'all still with me? I'm just about done. I knew it was going to take a while this morning. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. I hadn't got time to exegete that, but here's what that means. It means that the devil not only has demons under him, but he has them in organized ranks. And if you're ever going to win in life, if you're ever going to get victory over your sin, if you're ever going to know for sure that you're going to heaven, if you're ever going to be able to stand against the temptations that comes in your life, you're going to have to put on the whole armor of God that you may stand but we've had people running so far. We've been like rabbits. We run. We don't want the preacher to preach too hard. We run. But Matthew 12, 24 says Satan is their prince. Acts 13 and Acts 16 says Satan is personal. He tried to keep Eliamus from getting the gospel. And in Acts 16, he, he possessed a girl that was a psychic and they made money off of her. I'm telling you the devil is real enough not only to be the prince of the power of the air to be personal to you. And if you're not saved, personal in you. And if you are saved, he can get a place in you. They can't have you, but he can get a place in you. Ephesians 4 says, don't give weight, don't give place to the devil. Okay? But not only that, these rulers are powerful. They're in high places. Don't what he said, high places. 
So that means that they run Iran and they run Russia and they run China. They run Bulgaria and they run Spain. Uh, They run France. They run London. They they run uh, United States of America. They're in high places. You know what's wrong with our leaders? We got too many national leaders under demonic control. Some of them we voted for. You folks, you know what I believe? With all my heart, leaders and lawyers and judges and courts and countries and politicians and princes, they need to understand who's thinking for them. You know what I think? Instead of a a department of this and a department of this, we don't need a war department. We need a prayer department. I think we ought to have a department of intercessory. Somebody to be a person of intercessory. Maybe God will put Donald Trump on his knees. And maybe he'll put Hillary Clinton in jail. Maybe he'll take Obama and stuff something in his mouth. And maybe God could send revival. If nothing else, just to us, America. Because he'll never send it anywhere else if it don't come here because we had the best opportunity to give it to the world but we voted for demons we said I want that demon to run us I want that demon to lead us I want that demon we didn't put it that way that's what we said we said well that's okay that he believes in killing babies I'm going to vote for him anyway that's okay that that, that, that he has defined marriage a different way than the Bible does I'm going to vote for him anyway You voted for a demon. But here's their fate. I'm done. Let me just answer this question. Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, they start out good, but all of them end up bad? Have you ever heard that? Why is it that every politician starts out good, but they end up bad? I'll tell you why. Because most of, or many of them, do have good intentions. They really do want to start out good. But here's the problem. They clean up their life. They try to get everything out of their life. They got nothing under the table. Nobody's got nothing on them. They get everything out of the way. Problem is, they don't put anything in. And they're like the man that cleaned out his house. And the, guy, and the demon left said, well, I can't find no other house. I'll just go back where I came from. And he took seven more demons worse than himself to come live in his house. And that's what happens to politicians. They're not full of Jesus. So the devil has pure opportunity to control their life. It also happens to many of you. You say, I'd live pretty good. I talked to my God until I was blue in the face while I was in Israel. I lost Jew. I wanted to see him saved. I, want, I, I prayed for him. Do you know what his thoughts was? He'd seen so much hypocrisy. His thoughts was, I think when they end, I've been good enough. And my maker will think that everything's okay. I'll be all right with him. And I said, well, what are you going to do about your sin? He said, well, I think he'll look at it and say, I've been good enough that he'll let me in. It's the way people look at it today, many of you maybe. But the Bible said in Matthew 25, 41, that the angels went and gathered them. 
and they were cast into the lake of fire, which was prepared for the devil and his angels. Where are they going to go? The lake of fire. Revelation 20, verse number 10 says that the devil and the beast and the, and the false prophet all shall be gathered and cast into a lake of fire. That's their fate. Do you want that to be your fate? Because i got good news for you. One of these days, every leader in this world, every person in this world, the Bible says God's going to put all things under Jesus' feet. Everything under Jesus' feet. That's why Genesis 3.15 says what it says. He's going to put everything under Jesus' feet. I don't know about you, but I'd rather get down on my knees now and get under the lordship of Christ as to be crushed under the feet of Jesus Christ. So I believe I'd get right with God. So no doubt, just before God judges the lost dead, he will judge their father, the devil, the one who lied, deceived, and led them to slaughter. Because grace, so what about me, preacher? Is there any hope for me? Yes, hope for you. Jesus said the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life. And they may have life abundantly. I am the door. If any man enter me, he shall be saved. I am the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. And I give him everlasting life. And no man's able to pluck him out of my father's hands. I'll tell you, you've got a good shepherd who won't give up on you. And he's not a thief and he's not a destroyer. He's a lover of your soul. He went to Calvary for you. He's fought hell off of every one of them. He's fought every demon ever existed. And he's won the victory for all of us. And we need to come and get on our knees and say, Jesus, save me. And give me the victory to fight the devil in this evil world and this evil day. 